The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Let's jazz it up. Let's all get together now. Welcome to the Laura Theodore podcast. You may know me from my popular television show, Jazzy Vegetarian, where I feature easy and delicious vegan recipes, along with tips for living a kinder, plant-based life. Now I invite you to join me here each week, where I'll welcome amazing guests to share upbeat and informative conversations featuring motivational lifestyle advice and nutritional guidance, plus lots of jazzy-licious recipe ideas. It's all served up with sensational music on the side. Music. So let's get talking. Well, hello, hello. This is the Laura Theodore podcast, and I hope you are well and happy, and I am so pleased you're here with me today, because this is the second installment we have with Nava Atlas, who is the author of many best-selling vegan cookbooks, but she's also the author of Literary Lady's Guide to the Writing Life, and uh, we are in this two-part series, and we're going to talk with her a little bit more today about this fabulous book and the wonderful website that goes along with the book literaryladiesguide.com and of course later on in the program I'm going to share a recipe of the week and some music but right now I want to get right to it it is now my great pleasure to welcome Nava Atlas and she's the author of many best-selling vegan cookbooks including five ingredient vegan wild about greens vegan holiday kitchen and so many more but she also creates visual books on women's issues including the book we are focusing on again today, The Literary Lady's Guide to the Writing Life. And I'd like to welcome her to the program right now. How are you today, Nava? I'm good. How about you? I am good. This is so exciting talking about something other than food with you. I mean, and we'll talk a little bit about food, but it's nice to talk about something else for a change on this program, don't you think? It sure is. You know, it all ties in together somehow in my mind. It does, and we're going to talk about that later because I am excited. I agree with you 100%. But for those who didn't hear the program or haven't listened yet to the program that aired last week, just talk a little bit about your original goal in penning the Literary Lady's Guide to the Writing Life, a little bit about the process. Sure. And that's an interesting story because what I started out doing wasn't what I ended up doing. And this is why it's always good to just begin because you never know. Just get on the path and see where it leads you. So my idea, and I think I mentioned in the other program that I went back to grad school, I needed to learn how to do some of the computer. You know, you and I have talked about this too, about InDesign and Photoshop. And I was, you know, I studied all these things back before we had all those, we did things by hand. So that was part of my education. And on the other hand, I wanted to learn how to make handmade books, so sort of going back into the future and past. So I had this idea to do a book of inspirational quotes by women authors on the process of writing. And I thought, oh, won't this be nice? You know, we'll talk about how wonderful it is to be a writer and how wonderful it is to do writing and to create books. Well, when I started to delve into these women's lives, I realized every single one of them had huge obstacles to overcome. So it's really not about, you know, la la, how wonderful it is. It's always going to be hard and life is always going to get in the way. 
but it's about how you overcome those obstacles and how you remain true to both your art and your craft and just keep doing it no matter what else is happening. And, you know, I think writing actually saved some of these women's lives. So it became more of a book about the, the process, about obstacles, about how not to let these things stop you. And what I found was that all of these things are so universal. They were universal in the 1800s, and they're still universal today. It's really so true. As I read through it and I read a lot of the quotes, a couple of which we're going to talk about right now, that's how I connected with it, I guess is the best way to say it. Because I started reading through it and I was saying, wait a minute, these were written a long time ago, these quotes. And these are things that still ring true to me and particularly often ring true to women these days. And one of my favorite quotes in the book, out of the many amazing quotes, by the way, is this one by Edna Ferber. It really speaks to me. It says, this is certain. I have never written a line except to please myself. Now, I really try and do that. But being what I do, writing cookbooks and then being a PBS television host and trying to communicate my love of animals along with how it connects with vegan cooking, I'm always a little bit cautious. And it was so wonderful for me to read that quote because I said, yes, yes, yes. That's what I have to make sure that I'm committed to. And do you relate to that in any way, particularly with your other passions for creating recipes, et cetera, et cetera, and your other great works of art as a visual artist? I, I do. And part of it is not being, um, uh, you know, selfish or self-involved, but just knowing that you've done the best you could for yourself. Let's say you're your ultimate reader. So, of course, and I think we're both really hard on ourselves. And we know if we haven't, you know, done our ultimate work. So, yes, I really, I think it... It's very, you become very self-conscious if you think about the editor on your shoulder or will so-and-so like this book or will it sell. You, you really have to go inside your head and know that you're doing your ultimate work and pleasing yourself. And there's no, there's no selfishness about that. It's just a real self-awareness. I agree. And I think that you make a really good point. Uh, you said the words, will it sell? And it's funny, but that brought something to mind that you're right. Now, as I write my books, I don't think about that anymore. I mean, you know, you think about it in the back of your mind. You're like, oh, I'm doing all this work on this book and it's taking me forever. And is somebody going to buy it? But when I'm writing the book, it's now, is this true to me? Is this paragraph? Am I talking about something that's true to me right now? And I think that that's what speaks to the listeners of the show, to the readers of my book, to the readers of your books, I think they feel that it's something that is being communicated that was written as being honest at the time. Does that make any sense? 
It makes total sense. And, you know, the other thing, but will it sell? Who will see it? These are things we actually have no control over. So the only thing we can control is the quality of our work. And sometimes it's the quality of our work that does inspire other people to want to read it or to use it. Mm-hmm. That's very, very true. Yeah. That's really what I focus on. Am I writing a recipe that has quality? Am I writing something in this book or a little story that I might, you know, add into the introduction that might be interesting and is something that somebody wants to listen to, I guess, or something that is inspiring to me. It's got to be inspiring to me. And that's what brings me to this next quote. And I want to preface it by saying this morning, I was thinking about this interview today and I have communicated many times with the listeners of this program and the viewers of the television program that I find that writing recipes, creating recipes, writing cookbooks has a lot in common with my love for jazz singing and the fact that that was really a big part of my life. I think about how that relates when you really think about it, you say, well, oh, how do recipes relate to jazz singing? Well, you think about jazz singing and you think about being creative. You think about scatting. You think about thinking out of the box. And that's really how it is creating a recipe. So there's so much in common with the way that the brain works there. So I really agree with the statement in your book that runs over into most areas for the creative arts, including cooking. And just talk a little bit about how this excerpt influences you, not just in the creation of this particular book, but in creation of your cookbooks and your fantastic art. And it goes like this. Current interpretations of write what you know are more helpful and less trite. Write what you want to know. If it interests you, it may interest your readers. Write about what you love or what you care about most deeply. That's, that's a great quote. I think I said that. <laughs> so I spent a lot of this book quoting other authors, so that was refreshing to hear. Um, I, I, obviously, I said it, so it resonates with me, and I think that really speaks to the curiosity of a creative mind. And when you were talking about being a jazz singer and now creating, you know, the show and the recipes, you know, I, I do work that seems different on the surface, but when I think about it, I feel like it's all under the same umbrella. Some of it is really has to do with women's voices, social justice. And with you, I'm not sure what you feel ties it together, but I know you probably know what ties your work together. You know, I, like I said, I think we're very deeply curious people and write what you want to know. And that's especially true for nonfiction writers. You know, we don't know everything, but we research. And sometimes the research can be the most fun of all, right? Yes. So, and I know that you've gone into other areas in, in your books and you've probably had to start a book with research. So, yeah, and write about what you love, what you care most deeply about, you know, what would we like to convey to other people, and also how we want to convey it to other people. I know you and I feel super deeply about animals, but in our writing, we lead with the food, because I think that's a conscious choice that we made of a way to connect with readers, and I think it's really very effective in that way. 
I agree. I agree. We're speaking today again with Nava Atlas. She's the author of many best-selling vegan cookbooks, and she also writes visual books on women's issues, including the book we are focusing on again today, The Literary Lady's Guide to the Writing Life. And of course, you can learn more about Nava and her cookbooks at theveganatlas.com, and you can learn more about The Literary Lady's Guide for the Writing Life at literaryladiesguide.com. Now, in closing today, just talk a little bit about this fantastic new audio version of the Literary Ladies Guide to the Writing Life that is out, and a little bit about the process of making that happen. It just came out in April of this year, 2023, it came about as a little bit of surprise and a way a little bit too long of a story for this program, but I'm very grateful. It was a really great experience of the great people at Blackstone Publishing. Um, my producer was super nice, super knowledgeable. They chose a, a narrator, Robin Miles, who just such a masterful performance of this book. I'm just really blown away when I hear her reading it. It becomes... A, you know, a new form of media. So with, like with you, you have your podcast and you have your show and you have your website and you have your social media. Well, you know, basically I write and I have my website, I have my books. And this is the first, you know, one of the first times that my work has actually gone into a new media. So that's been particularly exciting for me. Really, the process was me cleaning up the manuscript a little bit, handing it over to them. And they really took it over. They did the rest. And I couldn't be happier. It is fantastic. I urge everybody to check it out. And where can they get access to the audio version of the book? And then just uh, talk a little bit again about the um, file that you can get along with it. Right. So the main the main uh, area where people can get it would be Audible. And that's where they can get a free digital download of the visual component of the book. And it is, as you mentioned, I think before, very heavily illustrated. There's really great photos of the authors and lots of ephemera to go with it. So the Audible and also Apple Books. And I do believe wherever audiobooks are available, for all I know, it's also on Stitcher and Spotify, but I'm really more tuned into Audible and Apple. So I know that they are available there and people can listen to a sample clip on either of those uh, media. Wow. It's fantastic. You are amazing. You know, I'm such a fan of all of your work and I can't thank you enough for being with us here again today. And I'm just wishing you a fabulous, fabulous summer and, uh, I can't wait till we get to talk about the Soups book when it comes out. That's next January. Thank you so much for having me, Laura, and I wish you exactly the same. Thank you so much, Nava. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was the amazing, the incredible Nava Atlas. I can't thank her enough for joining us today. Of course, Nava is author of many best-selling vegan cookbooks, and she also writes visual books on women's issues, including the book that we focused on today, The Literary Lady's Guide to the Writing Life. You can learn more about Nava at theveganatlas.com and literaryladiesguide.com. 
Well, in Jazzy Vegetarian News this week, Jazzy Vegetarian Season 10 is going to be airing this summer on the Create Network. I hope you'll watch us there four times weekly. We are so grateful to the folks at Create for airing our program regularly. It's just so exciting. So check your local listings and tune in. And of course, you want to visit jazzyvegetarian.com where you can learn about the television shows, listen to this podcast, read lots and lots and lots of recipes and information and tips and It's just fantastic, if I do say so myself. And, of course, I've got my recipe of the week, which is my tomato, chickpea, and red pepper salad with fresh basil. Vegan and delicious, my recipe of the week. This is a colorful, nutritious, and fresh-tasting salad that makes an enticing entree for a light luncheon or a delightful side salad. And, of course, you can find this recipe at jazzyvegetarian.com. Just type in tomato, chickpea, and red pepper salad with fresh basil. And this is how it goes. Two cups of chopped tomatoes, one and a half cups of seeded and chopped sweet red bell peppers, One can, about 14 to 16 ounces of chickpeas or garbanzo beans drained and rinsed, half a cup chopped fresh basil leaves, plus several sprigs for garnishing your salad, one tablespoon extra virgin olive oil, two teaspoons balsamic vinegar, salt to taste, freshly ground pepper to taste. All you need to do is put the tomatoes in a large bowl and squeeze them gently with your clean hands in order to release some of the juices. This is really a cool technique because what this does is it provides a base for the salad dressing without adding a lot of extra oil. Pretty cool, right? Then you're going to add the chopped peppers, the chickpeas, and fresh basil and stir with a large spoon to combine. Add the oil and the vinegar and gently toss to combine and then season with salt and pepper to taste. I like to cover it and let it stand for at least 10 minutes before serving or you can make it ahead and refrigerate it for up to two hours and then serve. And you want to garnish it with those basil sprigs to make it really, really pretty. Now, by the way, for those of you that are on an oil-free diet, No worries. You can leave the olive oil out of this recipe. And what I normally do is add a little bit of maple syrup, something just to help to hold the dressing together. So that's a great jazzy tip. Well, in music today, this is something that I recorded. This is one that I like to play quite a lot because it it's just a beautiful tune. It's from my album, We're Only Human, that was produced by the fabulous Dick Darnell. And this is a little tune that I penned with him, and it's called All My Heart.
That's a soothing track. Just love it. I hope you do too. Well, it's been fantastic being with you here again today, and it's been wonderful having Nava on as our guest. I'm always so happy when she visits us on this program, and I'm happy that you visit me here every week at mindbodyspirit.fm. So until next time, be happy, be healthy, and be well. From me, Laura Theodore, a.k.a. The Jazzy Vegetarian. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw. And on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind, Body, Spirit FM podcast network or wherever you find your podcasts.